from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Back here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, as well as Wake Up Call DT.com. You're also watching on YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT and on Facebook.com backslash Live Now DT. So, however, you're connecting with the show, thank you so much for being here. And at this point in the show, I have the pleasure to welcome for the first time in a long time, uh, Mr. Wolfgang Schaefer to it. Uh, him and I have traded some text messages here and there over these last few years, but it's been a long time since we've been in the same place. I respect him, Missy, Elsa, and of course, Scott, and the Schaefer family will always have a very, very uh, special place in my heart. So it is more than a pleasure to welcome Wolf to the show. Let's bring him in. Wolf, how are we doing today? Hey, what's going on, Dan? It's, it's good to be back with you, man. Like you said, it's been a uh, it's been a long time, but it, it's good to get back with you. You know, and and Wolf, and I appreciate you being here. I mean, when you were in Syracuse, I mean, you're a kid, and so let's go all the way back to Scott gets. You know, I mean, obviously the family. He was a defensive coordinator and got elevated to the head coach. So bring me into when Scott initially comes here under Doug Marone. And, you know, your family tries to, you know, build a life in central New York. Let's go back to those days. Yeah, it's funny thinking back on it. Uh, we were – he had just gotten fired from, from Michigan. And we, we took a vacation down in South Florida. And I remember uh, Doug Marone came down, interviewed him down there while we were on vacation, which was a pretty unique deal. Um, ended up taking the job, you know, obviously – uh, bouncing around as a kid. Um, I was in eighth grade at the time, and we had just come off a spurt where we, I think it was like four moves in four years. I mean, it was it was quite a bit there. Um, and, you know, next move, going from Ann Arbor out to Syracuse, and, and it was uh, it, it was exciting. Didn't, you know, hadn't been to New York before, and, um, you know, getting ready to get into high school was kind of one of those deals where we had talked about my parents had always talked about trying to get somewhere and settle. So, so uh, my sister Elsa and I can get through get through the high school years in one place. Um, obviously, not knowing, you know, the necessary security age job in the coaching profession. Um, but we got lucky to, to get through high school there, and then obviously I stayed in Central New York for for undergrad, um, and it was a really good experience. Absolutely loved. Uh, getting to grow up in, in, in the Fayetteville Manlius community right there outside of Syracuse. And, um, you know, I know my sister feels the same way and, you know, we were, we were very, very lucky to get through, uh, those formative years through high school, uh, where we did. And, and, you know, it's been, it's shoot, it's been a while since I've been back. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting married in July. I met my fiance at Ithaca college. She's from just South of Buffalo, New York. And, I still haven't gotten a chance to take her up to Syracuse and, and see see the old stomping ground. So, so talking to you and thinking back on these things, it's uh, bringing back some good memories. Yeah, you know, and here with Wolfgang Schaefer inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. 
you know, I want to I want to go to that. You because uh, we, we I mean, I was going to get into Ithaca College, but you uh, you met your mate at Ithaca. Tell me about that story. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, playing on the football team, those were kind of the guys that I, I became tight with early on. And, um, you know, we met some we met some girls like two weeks in um, to college. And uh, so her name's Leah, her friend group and then my friend group. We started kind of running around together about two or three weeks into school, freshman year, um, and and we were friends all the way through. We didn't we didn't start dating until end of senior year, um, which ended up being a cool friend first. And, you know that blossomed into what it is now, obviously. And uh, so it, it's funny looking back at it now, just where we were at as freshmen running around to. You know, end of senior year, where, where that we're in that honeymoon phase and really started falling for each other, and then uh, you know, moving down, moving down to Tennessee, she ended she ended up finding a job in Nashville, so we got to be in the same place there and um, continuing our relationship, and, and then you know, jumping to Texas, and, and now out back out east in Ohio and southeast Ohio. It's uh, looking back, it's funny to see how that all that all you know played out through through the college years into now so it's really cool deal for us you know and for for you to go out to Ithaca I know that it was uh, really important for for your dad and former Syracuse head coach uh, Scott Schaefer to you know be able to see you play and see you do your thing bring me into uh, choosing to go to Ithaca College and then you know just the the opportunity that you had to you know have your family that could come out and see you have your dad that you know, could get out there at times and support. I know when I spoke with him, it meant a lot to him. So bring me into your playing days at Ithaca. Yeah, um, it, it's funny. I, I was recruited by a number of those Division three schools in, in New York, and um, and Ithaca ended up being a, an easy choice, really, talking about the football program first uh, and foremost. You know, Mike Welch, the head coach at the time, who retired after my senior year, um, you know, there were a number of guys on that staff there that I, I developed relationships with, and they were my kind of people growing up around around football, specifically college football, um, all those years. Um, you know, I, I did get a chance to be around a lot of really good human beings that also coached football, and I got that same feel from, from the Ithaca College staff um, and, and fell in love with what they were doing, the way that program was run, the tradition of, of what Ithaca College football was. And it was really easy for me, um, you know, to, to be able to make that decision. Um, also, just, just the college itself, uh, you know, set there in, in central New York there. Um, just an absolutely beautiful campus, uh, beautiful surrounding area. Um, you know, so it, it ended up being an easy choice for me. Um, and, and I look back and that, those were the best four years of my life for a number of reasons. But, you know, get, getting to play there um, was great. And, you know, we, we joke a little bit, um, you know, when my dad got fired from Syracuse, obviously that was tough um, for all the obvious reasons. But um, it was also a blessing in disguise a little bit because he was able to take that that year off and it ended up being my senior year playing at Ithaca and he, he ended up being um, able to come to every one of my games which you know there's sacrifices in the coaching world um, and, and for him I, I never felt as a kid that he wasn't around enough 
never once felt that way. He always made it a priority to, for, to be around, you know, the family. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, those first three years at Ithaca, he really wasn't able to make a lot of a lot of the, my games because obviously they were playing on those Saturdays as well. So that senior season for me, where he took the year off and was able to make all of all of my games, was a really special year f- for me. And I know he'll say the same thing. Um, and, and I don't think I really knew how special it was until after the fact, looking back on it. Um, and, and it, it was a, it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. You know, and, and, and when you go back to that, I know your dad, uh, after getting fired at Syracuse had originally accepted a job at Maryland and then, you know, ended up, ended up, uh, you know, just kind of saying, you know what, I'm not going to do that was from the outside looking in knowing and being around your dad and, and really uh, personally getting to know him uh, more than professionally and, and spend some good quality time with him and somebody that, that will always matter to me was from my, from my viewpoint, it was like he took the job at Maryland and then it was like, you know what? I'm not going to get to see this. Like I want to see my kid play. I want to have this. I know, I know Missy and Elsa were still here in the community because Elsa was finishing up school. So from what I saw, and I mean, obviously you could tell us what it was, but did your dad take that time off because it was just like he was going to be in Maryland by himself? All you, all of you were in upstate New York. I mean, was it more of like, hey, you know what? If I go here now, I get to sleep in my bed, I get to be around my family, and I get to see my son play. Was that a, a big part of it? Yeah, I think it was. And the way I look at it, and I think you're spot on, Dan, but he, he always preached as a coach, as a, as a father, as a husband, um, you know, family first and keeping things in perspective and your priorities in place and, you know, taking that Maryland job, we were really excited um, and he was excited. And I think when he got there, um, you know, I think after investing his heart and soul into this, the Syracuse program and the community, um, you know, I think people can relate, but, but it's hard to really know, like, him coming home after after work and talking about his his vision for what not hit just his version his vision but him and, and the staff and the players everybody involved in the program the vision for what Syracuse University football could be you know those three years as a head coach and the four years prior as a defensive coordinator like there was a lot of time energy and, and thought that went into what he and the staff wanted to build and when that kind of is just taken away and um you know maybe a little bit earlier than expected that a lot of that i mean that's that's exhausting um and so for him to jump right into something after that um for as exciting as it was i think it's kind of like well you gotta you gotta press pause and step back and look at where you're at in life and he always talked to us about like I said, priorities, family first, and I think for him, a couple things is he needed to he needed to look. He looked at himself in the mirror and said, "Well, I need to need to practice what I'm preaching." And uh, he was in a unique place in life where he was able to step away and um, you know come and spend more time with my mom and you know obviously get to see me play my senior year and be around my sister because that was her senior year of high school she was going into. Um, you know, so I think all of that, everything that you said spot on, he, uh, you know, he wanted to, 
he wanted to spend that time because life is way too short and he had a unique opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, I know all three of us in the family are thankful that, that he did and aren't surprised that he made the decision that he did because it was hard on him. You know, like it was really hard, uh, hard to see him take a step back. Um, and cause you know, somebody who loves football and loves the coaching profession as much as he does, you know, that was a sacrifice. It and it was the right sacrifice, obviously, but, um, you know, it, it was a. It ended up being a really good deal for all of us, and all of us are very happy that he did it. And you know, he'll be the first to tell you it was it was the best best year best year of his life, I think. So, um, yeah, no, very 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 happy looking back, thinking thinking back on those conversations and you know what what came about to to make that decision. So. Speaking here with Wolfgang Schaefer this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Uh, Wolf, for you know, to to take a look at all of that, uh, knowing that your dad has been a coach for such a long time, to look out in the stands and be a quarterback for Ithaca College for the Bombers, and like you said, your your dad was at every game. To see him there, knowing that you know he he had just just uh, come off of being a D one college football head coach. You, you know, you see, you know, all of the, all the work that he's done and, and how it's taken him around the country to different places. You were in such a unique place. You were in, in Elsa that your father was there and could, and I know you said that you never felt like he wasn't, but to look in the stands at Ithaca and see Scott sitting there, I mean, what will that mean to you for the rest of your life? Because a lot of coaches, you know, always tell me about, listen, I, you know, I love my kids. I, I love my family. And, you know, my, my wife is, is a trooper, and without her, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it. They talk about, you know, wives being single parents sometimes because they're going all over the place. To have your dad in the stands when you looked off at, at that right before you hiked the ball, what did that mean to you? Because it's it, it, to me it's such a rarity in the world of sports. Yeah, um, you know, meant, meant everything, anybody – you know anybody thinking about what that would be like it, it it's it's you know it's it's special um it's special and the thing about it that was really cool um is you know after games win loss whether i played well or not it was always i'd go up to him and he'd look at me and he'd say all right do you want you want the dad talk or you want coach talk and i, I always used to get both and it was always, you know, depending on the outcome and the way I played, it was it, that always determined whether or not I wanted the coach first or the dad first. So, um, you know, he, it was awesome because no matter what, he was able to flip it. And if I wanted criticism and I wanted to get coached up, um, you know, he was able to do that because obviously, you know, he was sitting up in the stands and watching and, and critiquing. But then I, he would always give me the dad aspect to the support. Uh, the unwavering support and the love, the unconditional love, um, you know, and, and we're very similar people. So I think that that played into it too, to where he, he pretty much already knew, you know, whether I wanted dad or coach first, he, he pretty much already knew as he was walking down uh, towards the field after the game. Um, but that was just special because I know how he knows how much I loved playing the game, but also playing for Ithaca college. Um, so I think for him to see the pride that I took in that 
I think that that was really special for him, and it was special special for me, especially him being a Division three guy himself. You know, he played at Baldwin Wallace um, back back in the uh, you know late eighties, and you know to, for him kind of come full circle and come back and watch watch me play the same position at a, at a similar Division three program in Ithaca. Um, you know, the whole experience itself was really special for for both of us. And it was, uh, looking back on that year, really cool, a really cool deal. You know, playing uh, at any division, D1, D2, D3, JUCO and whatnot, just just to speak to that, the fact that you were on the field, that you got to have that experience, you got to establish a leadership role and play quarterback, just what that will always mean to you that at any level of collegiate play, that you had the opportunity to go out there. Because, I mean, I come from a D3 school. I was recruited D3 for basketball, and, you know, I, I respect the life of D3, and I don't think it gets enough credit or anywhere near the credit that it deserves. And people also don't know that, you know, when you play D1, D2, you get scholarships. When you play D3, it's kind of like you're going to do the same work as everybody else, but you're not going to get the money for it. So uh, just speak on the, the D3 world and, and how you really, really genuinely have to be committed to the love of the game because you don't have the perks that you have at D1 and D2. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, um, you know, you hear about you hear about compensation for playing and, and player image likeness and, and all that, and, and there's arguments on both sides. But I think the thing that's beautiful about Division Three balls is it's so unique because, like you said, you know, you're not getting an athletic scholarship. Um, you know, you really got to love the game. It's so much pure – so much more pure, I think, at this level. Not necessarily always, but if you're in the right program and around the right people, the Division Three level is such a pure, um, you know, experience for for the kid. And you got to have guys who love the game. Um, and you know, the thing, the big difference is we're doing the same things that people you know at all the other levels are doing whether you're talking as a coaching staff or you're talking about the players you know it's it's just you don't have the resources that a lot of the the other you know bigger programs do so again you know you gotta you're not you don't have the training tables where after practice you shower and you walk out the door and 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 somebody's got to you know, a steak, mashed potatoes, and, and green beans waiting on you, ready to go that you don't have to pay for. Um, you know, at Division Three, you're you're finishing up practice and you're walking all the way across campus, and you have to swipe your card for the uh, uh, the meal plan that you're pay, you're paying for. Your parents, your family are paying for. Um, you know, and to you know to get that that pizza, that slice of pizza or cheeseburger. You know, so it's it's all relative. We're all doing the same thing. It just looks it just looks a little bit different because of the resources and the money involved, um, but I, I, I that's why I'm in love with the, the Division three uh, athlete because it, it just means you know the SEC always talks about it, it just means more yeah that's all good and well but you know I, I think that that marries up a little bit better with the Division three world because it does it just means more to the athlete you know you gotta I think it might be a little bit more blue collar you you gotta you got to truly love the game because you're paying your way to play and you're paying your way to get up and at 6 a.m. in the off season and, and, and go to work, um, you know, go to work to, to go try and win a football game in front of maybe two, three, four, five thousand people instead of, you know, those, those big boys doing it in front of a hundred thousand, and, you know, not having to, uh, you know, pay their way through school necessarily. So there's a pureness of game at this level and and it's really a beautiful thing that I, I wish more people got to um 
I wish more people got to got to see and, and uh, experience. I do want to go back to the middle of this all, but to go off the D3, you just accepted a job at Marietta College, uh, NCAA Division III, for to be the defensive backs coach. You played D3. We're talking about the importance and the love of the game of D3. Your dad is obviously connected to D3 in his history. What drove you to do this? Was it, you know, everything that you were just saying to say, you know what, I want to... I want to really just, you know, put put a mark on NCAA Division three. I want to build it up. I want to give it a spotlight. Why did Marietta make sense for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the reasoning was all everything that I had just said and, and everything that you were you were hitting on there. Um, and and Marietta itself, um, you know, through the interview process, I really got to get to know the head coach and Andy Waddle, the defensive coordinator, Zach Feltrop, and um, they are Division three guys, played Division three ball, and, and been coaching it for a number of years. Um, the way they talk about Marietta College, the way they talk about the pride that they have in the program, talking to the athletic director, the, the, the alignment across the board of – what they're trying to do here um it, it was really cool to hear how much it, how much they love this place and it reminded me of my time at Ithaca and the, the way the people around the campus there talked about athletics um and you know i that's what i was looking for i want to be a part of something where there's alignment on campus there's alignment within the athletic program um, and, and it's it's a it's truly a blue collar, uh, you know, work mentality, um, you know, pride and in, in doing maybe more with less with all the right people uh, aligned, um, you know, with with the student athlete in mind and and making this place the best place it can be because it's where we're all at. We're invested in it. We're not looking down the road to the next job or um, anything like that. It's it's how can we make Marietta College the best it can be because it's our home and, and that's what they were preaching through the interview process and I fell in love with it and I you know there's there's something to be said about that you wake up with conviction to um you know you want to you want to do your part to make this place the best it can be and uh you know I'm on week two of the job now and 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 that's held true and it's it's really exciting getting up every day out of bed uh you know getting to go to work with these guys you know who who believe so much in what they're doing here so it's it's been it's been great so far i'm very lucky to be here yeah, coming here from wolfgang schaefer uh, here on wake up call with dan tortora this morning inside of the cafe kubal studios uh, wolf for you to you know there's there's so many different things to touch upon but uh, you and i talked about it off the air and i have you know never uh, shied away from this i wrote an article uh, after everything happened uh, that was very, you know, to me, uh, it, it was it was a letter of gratitude to your father, to Scott Schaefer. And, you know, I got to meet, uh, through Scott, I got to meet your mom, Missy, obviously Elsa, you. I remember there's like unique things that I remember. I remember uh, being in a press conference opportunity in the football wing and Scott was there and then uh, your mom and your sister came in and obviously, you know, I got to know your family uh, separately from everything. So I went over to your mom and I was talking to her and she's like, hey, Dan, how you doing? And I was like, good. And 
we're talking and she and and she said uh, Elsa just uh, just took her drive she she took her driving test and I'll never forget that that she's like and I looked at Elsa and I was like how how'd she do and your mom kind of made a face and this and that and your dad came over and said hello but it, it's moments like that it was uh, moments about I remember you know like he would ask me like are you married yet um, you know he he he'd come over but there there was always really genuine moments with your father and there uh, I'll never forget uh, there's a few of them if you'd oblige me to tell them uh, one of them was when uh, there was a press conference it was after a spring game and there was all these cameras set up there's like 30 people in an arch around Scott and I was over to I was over his left shoulder and my cousin was listening to the feed and I guess they turned on the feed before the press conference started and he goes did he just shout you out because your dad would, would always, everybody would be in there and he'd be quiet and he'd go up to the podium and then he'd look at me and he'd go, Hey Danny, how you doing? And always, it was always, Hey Danny, how you doing? And, um, when he got the job, I remember walking down from, from the uh, auditorium in the football wing and I went up to him just to say congratulations. And he grabbed me and he gave me a big hug and he said, thank you so much for being, he said, thank you for being here, Danny. I appreciate it. And then one of the games he came out of, I caught him coming out of the dome and he gave me a big hug and he grabbed me and he's like, we did it, Danny, we did it. And he grabbed my shoulders, he hugged me again and he grabbed my shoulders again. And and I just remember, I'm like, I would run through a wall for this guy. And the last time I saw him was when it was the last game, he came out, he was emotional, the car was there and he gave me a hug. Then he walks over, talked to a few people uh, gave a hug or two and then came over, gave me a hug. And I said, and, and before I could even say it, he said, I love you, Danny. And I said, I love you too, coach. And all of those moments just stick with me because he was one of the people that I genuinely rooted for in anything. If he wanted to be the best janitor in the world, the best pilot, the best actor, the best whatever. And, you know, I had so many moments with Scott that made me genuinely feel like uh, he knew what I was about. I knew what he was about, and it wasn't just about business. And you know, I, I I just I don't know. I felt like I needed to share those with you because your father has touched my life in such a way that you know I would do whatever I could to sit in a room with him again and and just talk and not even about football, just talk about life because the the way he was there for me and how genuine he was and how he made me feel like he truly knew who I am. Uh, that's something that I could never, I could never replace, and, and I could never recreate in the same way. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. It puts a smile on my face, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm smiling ear, ear to ear here because, um, you know, that's who he is, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm a proud, proud son, and um, you know, that's just who he is. He'll, he'll never not be that way all the stuff that you saw throughout the years like there was never any manu manufacturing of, of passion or, or you know he's just he is who he is and um you know that's that's what makes him my dad and I'm, I'm proud proud to be his son it's uh you know and, and my mom's the same way my sister's the same way um and and uh, you know it's we're, we're lucky to um you know have him um kind of lead the way for us and um you know between him and my mom they're 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 very similar in that sense and um you know it's uh it, it was fun working for him the, the three years 
prior um, because you know, I got to see that and the way he, he was with us young guys in the profession, us graduate assistants and quality control guys. Just he, he would he, he would always come in and, and sit down with us and you know have those real genuine conversation conversations with with all of us and to see see him do that with with different people whether it didn't matter where they were at on the hierarchy scale uh, he was always himself um you know that was uh that was a really that was really cool to see so i appreciate you sharing those stories man yeah i mean he he's a he's a different human being for all the right reasons and he is is emotional and he is strong and he wears his heart on his sleeve and I will tell you that I know he's a fighter, but I will also tell you something you already know. Your mother, Missy, is a bull herself. And and I loved, loved, and, 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 and I won't, I don't even have to name any names or anything like that, but if anything was ever written or he was ever misquoted in any way, shape, or form, she was direct, she was clear, and I thought to myself, like, for the energy that he brings and the fight that he brings... Your mom is a powerhouse herself, if people don't know that already. No, no question. They're the ultimate one-two punch. Uh, you know, and my sister and I got that growing up as kids, and, and it was awesome. Um, they, they, are, they are the ultimate duo, and, and, you know, for a number of reasons. And my sister and I are very lucky to have, to have had that growing up because, uh, you know, you, you look at what love is supposed to be and, and those two right there they feed off of each other very well and you know that's that's what true love looks like so you know we're, we're lucky to have that example growing up you know and, and you have a very unique name and your sister outside of like the movie frozen you know elsa and wolfgang not your typical things did you ever sit down with your parents and say where did these come from Oh yeah, yeah. I had to, especially you know, meeting people over the years. That's always one of the first questions: is how you got your name. I know for me, my parents wanted a uh, a unique name, and I think Wolfgang probably hits on the uniqueness, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and then they wanted a strong German name because my family comes from Ger- uh, German descent, so Wolfgang hit on those two. Um, you know, same, same, same idea with Elsa, unique and in, in, in German, and uh, you know, so that's. That's kind of where we got those, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's funny now. You know, Leah and I are thinking about we talk about names for our kids down the road, and, and, and we definitely don't want um, you know any, anything anything common. You know, so I think I think um, my parents had some influence on that. So you know, and and that's the thing is now that you, I mean, having someone that you are getting ready to marry, I mean. She knows the life of a coach. You know the life of a coach, your sister, your mom. Describe that because I'll never forget, you know, Joe Adam, who's actually watching and listening right now. Uh, Joe's a really good friend of mine. We were on the phone yesterday. And and Joe, when we've spoken, it's it's funny because I'll tra- I travel a lot. I'll fly a lot, you know, all over the place. And I'll do a bunch of stuff. And then obviously when you're recruiting and you're coaching and whatnot, you do the same thing. And there was a day where Joe, Joe was flying out of Detroit, and I flew into Detroit, and then, then I was flying out, and we had just missed each other by like I don't know an hour or two, and I was, and he's like, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and then I'm gonna go home for three days, and I got this, and he goes, Well, you get it, and I just, you know, and, and in my life, you know, I I have been married and divorced, and it it wasn't because of travel, but you know, I, I just kind of realized that when you're in a life that you want to be in. And you in this coaching profession where you could go anywhere in the country, 
uh, you know, myself with running a company, you can go anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, you know, there's the reality of you have to have a partner that gets it, supports it, appreciates it, respects it, knows that you would rather be in bed next to her more than anywhere else. And that, you know, if you had it your way, you'd be coaching, doing your thing, or I'd be out broadcasting, whatever, doing my thing, and then go right back uh, to that bed. Just just what you could say about what you need in a partner in the profession that's uh, in the world, the sports industry that you and I are in, knowing that our jobs may be different, but there's a certain calling that if you're a go-getter in this profession, you're not always in your bed every single day. And that can put you in a place where things get tough unless you have the right partner. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's difficult. And you see it, unfortunately, you see it broadcasted, you know, on uh, all the media outlets on, on a at the at the larger scales of you get into the personal lives of of, of different people in, in our professions and yeah. um, you know so yeah there's a stigma there I think I think it's all about prioritizing and, and you know for, for in my instance you know Leah my fiance knows the passion that I have for the game and not just the game but the relationships you build with the players and the players families. Um, you know, so she, she understands the investment and, and she sees the passion on, on my face. And when we talk about, you know, come home and I talk about, you know, meeting extra with a player and we didn't talk any, a lick of football. It was all about, you know, where they come from, their background, mentally, where they're at, where they want to go in life. And, um, she sees the beauty in that. Um, so she, she understands, my love and passion for it and it's not just my love and passion for it anymore it's it's hers she loves it she loves the investment in the kids and their families you know so it's a beautiful thing now that it's not just me it's it's us um and i think the most important thing too is is when you're when you are home and you do have that time you gotta be all there with with your significant other you can't you can't be, you know, right side of the brain at work and left side of the brain with, with her. You got to be all in. And, and if you can do that, um, I think there's there's an appreciation there and, and you're really living in the moment and that adds to it um, and, and gives credibility to the relationship. And, you know, you said Joe Adams on. Um, he's a great example. Him and Lisa. I mean, you talk about you talk about love and, and obviously, you know, it's it's different. I'm outside looking in, but, um, I remember back in Syracuse and the way my dad and my mom talk about those two and, and seeing those two and their love, like they've got it figured out and it's never always perfect, but, um, you know, there, there's something there. You can see it, you know, whether it's a recruiting weekend and you see the way those two interact, um, you know, with, with recruits, like there's, there's that true family atmosphere and it's because they have that, um, you know, solid foundation of love. Um, and, and it's hard. I'm, I'm learning it as I go. It's hard to do, but I was lucky to be around a lot of really good people, uh, but you know, before me, um, to kind of see how, how it's done. Um, you know, but it goes back to prioritizing and, and, and always letting, you know, I tell Leah, if there's ever a situation in time where you can't do this anymore, we gotta, we gotta step back and kind of reroute and, um, figure, figure out what, what's important, then yeah, we'll do that. So, um, you know, that's there, but I, you know, I think, and she'll tell you, she'd never put me in that position or put us in that position because I think she knows that I'd never let it, uh, get there. And, and, and she also knows how much I, 
you know, I love this profession and, and love the kids and she feels the same way now. So, um, it's difficult, but, but you make it work and you make it work because you, you fall back on, on the foundation of, of what love is and the, and the respect factor between, you know, me and her. Um, you know, so, so it's, it's been great so far. It's made us closer. It's made us have real conversations and get to know each other deeper. Um, so it's, it's, it's really become a beautiful thing. You know, and, and how do you do it? Because I believe you can have it all, Wolf. Like, I have always been, you know, somebody that I want to work with a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things in my mind. Uh, sports casting is but one tiny piece of my puzzle, even though I've done it for, you know, over 17 years. And how do you, how do you have it all? Because I'm the type of person, I don't know if you know this, I mean, I would, I would gather that, you know, you've, you've gotten to know my personality a bit, but... You know, people see me and they're like, man, you're everywhere. You're doing all this stuff. Like, are you ever home? And, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. It looks like you're busy. How'd you do all this during the pandemic and whatnot? And I appreciate that. But people that really, truly know me know that more than anything else in this world, I want to be a husband. I want to be a father. I want to have a family. And I want that genuine, real love. And I feel like God kind of hit my reset button and gave me a chance to do that the right way. But speak on that, because I believe you can chase your dreams and also have love, but I, I believe that as much as I love my career and I love everything about it, the person that ends up with me is going to be that much more above that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. Um, I think the, the communication factor, right, and some of this stuff can be corny or cliche, but as you go through it, you kind of realize, well, shoot, I guess, you know, it's the cliche of it all is 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 true that's why they call it call it that um you know for leah and i just speaking on us i know it's always about the communication factor like we 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 try and talk about everything um you know that's going through our heads whether it's you know issues or or dreams or goals and um you know every decision we make from there we, we, we try and fall back on what we've communicated about. So there's an openness between us and our relationship. So we, you know, if, if, if a job comes open down the road or whatever it is, you know, I already kind of know, you know, I have my thoughts and where it can take me individually, professionally, you know, towards my goals and dreams. I have an idea you know what I'm looking for, but she, you know, she she has an idea too because we've already talked about it. You know, so if I'm ever in a situation where I'm trying to balance maybe a decision and I don't know where to go with it, um, I'm lucky because I can lean on her and she'll remind me about what I said a year ago or two years ago um, in the conversation maybe that we had. Um, you know, a late night conversation that we had about where we want to see ourselves together uh, individually and then together and as a, as a future family hopefully um so uh, you know you gotta if something comes up you, you gotta just talk about it you know if um and, and that's that's worse for us so far and we're at where we are where we're at now because of all those open conversations and and i think uh you know so far so, so far so good <laughs> so far so good um obviously we're, we're young and uh, we got a ways to go in our relationship so um but we've always said Let's always fall back on communication and, and always be open and honest with each other. So That's a big thing coming here from Wolfgang Schaefer uh, this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. A lot of people uh, weighing in. Joe Adam, one of the best young coaches out there. Keep changing lives, Wolf. Uh, Joe Cor- Corley, a good friend of mine as well, 
head coach at West Genesee for football, said, I coached against Wolf and got to know his dad. What a great family. Uh, Coach Hicks is on here, appreciating uh, the time as well. You know, Syracuse, I I know it's bittersweet for the family, but it's how I met you. It's how I met your dad. It's how I met Missy. It's how I met Elsa. You know, what, what do you take from all of your time at Syracuse, one, and then two, uh, what do you take from the fact that, you know, you're in this crazy profession that, you know, and I mean in crazy in the sense of like you can get hired and fired and move around everywhere. Contracts sometimes mean something, sometimes they don't. So how how do you, I mean, question one kind of to this is 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 what did you take away from Syracuse and, and everything that you experienced and that, you know, your family went through. But then the kind of like 1A side of it is, you know, what made you want to want to go after it yourself, knowing everything your your dad has been through, good, bad, and in between? Yeah, um, speaking on the Syracuse community and that experience, just just for me personally, um, you know, the people, the people you talk about, you know, Joe Adam, Coach Hicks, Coach Corley, you know, Coach Corley, West Genesee. I mean, that uh, some battles there, um, and what he's what that program means I, you know i've kept in touch with some of the uh some of the guys who graduated you know from from west jenny and that program and the love that they have for coaching that program it just it goes back to the people right you know it's all about it's not about where you're at it's about the people that make up that place coach adam already spoke on him and lisa coach hicks is one of the best people i know um i, w- I was i was tight with his kids um, and you know, th- those people, you take those people out of it and Syracuse is just the name of the city we're at. Those people are, are, are the people that, um, you know, that, that made, that made it home. People ask where I'm from. I say Syracuse, New York, and, and I'm proud of that because of the, the people that made that home. Um, so I'll, I'll be forever indebted to Syracuse. And when I say Syracuse, it's the people there. Um, you know, so, so very, th- we were very thankful to be, be a part of that community and I always call it home. Um, you know, jumping in the profession, it's all I've ever known. Um, and I, I got to the relationships for me personally that I built through, uh, you know, my dad, whether it's coaches or players or administrators, whatever it is, whoever it was, those are the reason. those people are the reasons why I'm doing it now. Um, and, and, and it's not always easy, but, um, you know, there's good days and bad days in whatever you're doing. Um, and, and, but the, but the good days and the bad days here, you know, at least, at least you're working with people and helping, you know, helping build up people and power them through positivity and tough love and discipline and accountability, all those things that you get in, in sports organizations. And, um, you know, that's what I want to do is it's education and it's education through sport and, and, trying to use sport as a vehicle um you know to teach life lessons and and all the things that you hear coaches and 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 teachers and professors talk about um you know i I was just very lucky to be around really good ones who were pure in their intentions and and strong in their belief systems and strong in their family values um you know so so those are the reasons why i got into this thing and and they're the reasons why i want to keep pushing on um towards uh carrying those those values and those visions um and then those life lessons um you know using using the sport of football to do that you know so um it's those those kind of those answers that are kind of work off of one another feed off of one another and it all goes back to being around good people you know in, in our second to last piece here best advice you've ever gotten from 
your dad, your mom, and your sister. So one piece of advice from Scott, Missy, and Elsa. Yeah, that's 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 good. There's a lot of it. I start with my dad. He always said, uh, he always said, everything in life is overrated except your faith in your family. Um, and I've taken that with me everywhere I go. Um, that, that's that's number one. Um, you know, my sister, I would have to say, with her, she always just tells me to to be be you. Um, you know, so anytime I, I feel lost or off the beaten path you know she'll she'll kind of bring me back and tell tell me to be be myself um and and my mom it's it's uh, i wouldn't even say there's one piece of advice from my mom but just how she's always shown unconditional love like no matter what she's always there and she's she's the biggest fan um and so i think for her it's just not even a piece of advice it's through action um everything that she's done for me as a, as a mother to, to for Elsa and I through action showing unconditional love has, has been the best advice because it's it's what I want to do for the kids I'm, I'm working working with and, and hopefully down the road the, the, the children that we and I have have together just provide that unconditional love and, and unwavering support um, so it's it's a beautiful thing very lucky to have those three in my corner yeah you know and I definitely you know can tell you that uh, from my perspective you you definitely got the luck of the draw when God made a decision on what family you were coming into. And, you know, it's it's been incredible. And, and I just had uh, Joe Adam, Bobby Acosta, DeAndre Smith, Fred Reed, and Tim Lester come on and do a show together, getting a band back together. Uh, the first time that they've all kind of been in the same room virtually or literally uh, since, since Syracuse. What can you say about that staff? They speak highly of you and, you know, not just your dad, but of you. Uh, they've all had kind words to say, and you know, in my opinion, Scott put together a fantastic staff. The proof is in the pudding. They're all successful, and they're all in the profession doing great things all over the country. What do you think about that staff of just really genuinely good men? Yeah, I think um, I think they had a lot of fun together, and it's like you said, it's the good men, right? The good fathers, the good husbands. You know, you, you don't get that everywhere. Um, you really don't get that everywhere, and, and it's it's special when you do bring those those pieces to the puzzle together. Um, it's one thing to be a, a good football coach, but it's 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 more important to be a good man. And um, if you can bring the two together, you got really something special because it's you know the the wins and the losses, you, you know those will come and go. Um, but building up a program the right way, um, you know you're trying to do, you're trying to develop young men to to become great men and so when you get guys who are you know walking the walk um like a lot of those guys on staff there do um you know i I think you get to look at those kids four or five years down the road plus and and see what they see what they do with their lives and the lessons that they they took from uh you know from the, the guys on staff there and it ends up being a pretty a pretty cool thing um you know so i i was lucky to be around those guys often and it's really awesome seeing where they're at and what they're doing with their families and, and their professional lives so very very fortunate very lucky to have been around those guys last piece here wolf uh, you know as a coach that you get questioned you've seen your dad stand at a podium and be asked questions and never get to ask them himself so in the spirit of fairness here on Wake Up Call, I do a thing called rapid fire. It gives me the opportunity to flip the script on myself 
and take a seat as a broadcaster and let you take the microphone. Four questions, anything in the world. I know I didn't tell you about this because I wanted it to be fluid, but you can ask me anything. You can ask four questions. Doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't have to do with football or uh, sports. Could be about literally anything. But I'm going to put myself on the hot seat, and I want you to remember this when you're sitting at a podium someday. Remember, and, and I want you to look at that person that maybe doesn't ask you a fair question, and I want you to look at them and go, you know what? I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to ask you about it, too. So go ahead with uh, rapid fire. Four questions, anything you want. I, I feel like uh, coaches deserve this opportunity when you never get it. Yeah, pressure's on. Um, <laughs> no, well, you know, flipping the script, I, I, fairness, you've always been one of the good ones because you, you always were fair and positive. Um, try to look at the human human being before the coach so i won't i won't be too hard on you but uh um i guess i guess first one that i I always think about um is is why did you get into the profession that you chose why 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 do you want to why do you want to jump in and uh you know open up the uh, open up the lives of of, of coaches and athletes what made you want to do that i appreciate the question you know i i always in my life, uh, since I was like really, I remember my first memory of of writing down my thoughts because I always had a bit of big imagination. Uh, my first memory of it is uh, five years old at the kitchen table, you know, kind of like standing. I was so I was so small, so getting up on the chair and you know just kind of like kneeling there, standing and, and typing on my dad's word processor, which I have in my office. Uh, this giant typewriter that has this little tiny screen on it which made it like this genius thing because you could actually see what you were typing. And I remember writing a, a story and I just, I've always loved being a storyteller. I, I believe in love over everything. Uh, my faith in God is, is more important to me than, than anything in the world. And, and I believe that true love comes from God and you'll never be uh, in the wrong direction if you trust in that. And I just, to me, bringing people that, bringing people that genuine, true, real, like this is who I am. You know, I, I, I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to bring people truth and positivity and goodness and, and make them laugh and get them to think because I, I want the world to be, you know, the best that it possibly can be. And the coaches and the players, you guys come into it. You know, your dad comes into it because I love telling stories. I love getting to know people. Uh, you know, I, and, and, I think that thing, it's funny how I got in to tell stories and I got in because of the passion and just being a fan as a kid. And, you know, the kid in me is like, oh my God, you get to speak to the head coach. You're friends with Scott. You get to, you know, go talk to him arm in arm on the side when nobody's, you know, uh, broadcasting anything. And so like that to me is always like something that I love is building the relationships. But then what it became kind of on top of it is, you know, you see that 99.9% of the media doesn't tell the truth. There's always an angle. Uh, they don't care. They talk to people, but they're always looking for a story. They tell you they care. I mean, I, I've i seen somebody put their arm around a coach's wife and lie to her and then write a story that was just vile. And I remember standing there going, that's not what any of those, at, at that entire conversation had nothing to do with that. So, you know, I think for me, I got into it because I have a passion for helping people and bringing people together and making people smile. And another part of it is being a part of the 0.1% that wants to make sure that everyone's story is told correctly the first time and that there is no angle. It's just 
their life that they were willing to share with me and that I have the deep gratitude and respect that they gave that to me. So I give it to the world untouched, unscathed, and as true as I can possibly give it. Yeah, well, that, that's the way it should be. I appreciate the way you go about it, man. There's, there's something to be said about that, Thank especially you. this day and age, like, like you said. Um, all right, on a lighter scale, all right, who's, who's the best quarterback of all time? In the NFL? Doesn't matter. You give me who, who's the best to ever do it, Well, in your opinion. Okay. Well, I know I know that the people that listen and watch this show, I, I I'll tell you this, Wolf. I on Twitter alone a year or so ago got no less than 500 angry tweets when I said <laughs> that I didn't think Tom Brady was necessarily the goat. And I, I can tell you now that going to a seven and nine bucks team with a quarterback that threw as many touchdowns as he threw interceptions. Uh, going to that team and bringing them to a championship in his first year, closer to 44 than 43 years old, without Bill Belichick, I, I just told my dad on the phone, I said, listen, there is no question whatsoever. I know one of my listeners will say, Dan, this is three weeks in a row that you called him the GOAT. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Tom Brady, 70% of the time he wins when he's in the championship game. He's been to 10. He's won seven, which is more than any NFL total franchise so I don't think there's anybody you can call better by any stretch of the imagination at this point. He has, you know, gotten me to say it after all these years. And I think the, you know, arm strength, we could talk about different things and whatnot. But, you know, to be somebody that changed an entire city, an entire franchise and did it in less than a year, I, I don't, there's, I mean, what else can you say? He's He's got to be the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. There's, it's, it's tough to dispute that now. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been getting into reading more and more here. Uh, I've been trying to do more reading, and I just finished up a really good book, uh, Green Lights, the, the Matthew McConaughey uh, book that he had just come out with recently. Highly recommended. Do you have? I'm looking for the next book. Do you, do you have one that you'd recommend? Uh, I would tell you that I just bought a bunch. And over time, and I keep thinking I got to finish them uh, and start some of them. But I, I bought one about Robin Williams. You know, I, I grew up around, you know, I just always watched Robin Williams stuff. I Mork and Mindy is the first live action uh, show on TV I remember watching. I grew up on Mrs. Doubtfire. I was little and I just really genuinely felt like I got so close to his comedy and, and like everything that I possibly could uh, connect with with him that when he passed away, it really felt like I lost an uncle. So I bought I bought the uh, book of his to kind of learn a little bit more about his life. And I can honestly tell you I haven't picked it up because I'm a little uh, nervous about it because if it really dives into his pain, I know that I've already kind of like felt that for him, kind of reading some other stuff because I, I'm one of those people that kind of feels pain of others and, and I can sense stuff. And so I've kind of shied away from it just because I, I feel sad for him, but I do want to read that. And I, I, I got to finish the book on Billy Crystal, who I found out Billy Crystal and, and I have a lot in common, which is cool. A lot of things that he likes and does and kind of stories that, that seem to work out in the way that God works in your life. So he's, he's got a book called still fooling them. And, um, that's a good one to read. It's a little bit older and then I need to read my uh, Bob Iger book about, you know, his connection to 
Disney and uh, and everything he's done there. That's uh, that's another book that I'm kind of in on. But I will tell you the best thing that I've read, which is a bunch of short chapters that have really great advice. And I write notes all over the book. And I can honestly tell you that this book has changed my life for the better is a book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's all small stuff. That's that's probably a, a fantastic book if you're ever having a tough day. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. I have to throw out there, you know, Bob Iger's Michigan College grad, don't you? You know, I you know, I I don't know about him like other people do, so I did not know that. I did. Yeah, there's a fun little tidbit. Bob Iger's a uh, is, is a bomber baby, so. There you go. See. So definitely you and I should both read that book then. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> so. get on that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, last one. Yeah. I'm just curious. Do you Syracuse? Uh, you just you just cut out. What did you say? Uh do you ever see yourself leaving Syracuse? I find that the timing of this question and Joe is probably sitting with a cigar right now, laughing his butt <laughs> off. So uh, <laughs> I can, you know, God has come to me during my show in such a way, these, this, this last, I don't know, week and a half, it's uncanny, but I will tell you that I love my hometown. I started my company here eight and a half years ago and building it here, it will always have a place. And basically whatever I build, I just add to, so I don't take away from anything I built. But if you're asking me, that if there's something in life that would make me think about elsewhere, yes, there is. Well, that's good. Yeah, life's too short to get stuck in one place. But yeah. obviously, I think we feel the same. This is very similar on uh, you know what Syracuse is and what it means to us. But oh, that's that's good stuff. I appreciate you letting me flip the script on you, man. Uh, you put the pressure on me there. <laughs> on you to put the pressure on me. So yeah. in all in all fairness, I think it worked out. But you know, I have in uh, shout out to DeAndre Smith who's on here as well. But I have uh, the utmost respect for you, Wolf. I know, I know that uh, you know it's been a while since I've seen any of you, including uh, Dad. Uh, and and I I hope that I get to talk to 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 Scott soon. Please send him my love and to Elsa and to Missy. Um, you know, I, I genuinely miss more than anything else, uh, the conversation that I got to have with your dad, probably when we were in an airport, both on a layover, but, uh, you know, which was Detroit, ironically going back to Joe Adam, but I just, um, I, I cannot tell you how much your family has meant to me, how true you guys have been, how kind you have been. And after all these years that, uh, that when I asked you to come on the show, you said yes. So you know, I, I hope that one day, you know, I get to be around the Schaefer family in its entirety. And I am so grateful that uh, right now that I get to speak with you. And, and I hope that you and I can continue to build our friendship, continue to build positivity and be there for each other if we need it. And, and I just genuinely respect you and am, am very, very grateful that you uh, that you let me do this today. Well, thanks for having me on, Dan. You're like I said, you're one of the good ones and appreciate the way you handle handle business uh and, and doing things the right way and i you know to everybody on here who, who i know and uh who left the mark on on me and my family and, and syracuse community really appreciate you guys um 
we talk about she's a family all the time um and if, if we could if we picked up the phone and called called you guys every time we thought about you uh we, we'd probably be spending too much time on the phone so thanks for thanks for everybody uh you know who made our time in syracuse great and dan again thanks to you for having me on and, and, and catching up man it's, it's been too long hopefully we can talk again soon absolutely and that, now i got a reason to pay attention out there with marietta because uh the, the defensive backs i'll be eyeing that up in the team itself but Wolf, you you know you're good people. You're a good kid, and I'm I'm very very grateful that whatever we started back then has continued to today, and it means the world to me. Your kind words, so thank you for that, and God bless you as always. And as your dad said, everything else is overrated except for your faith and your family. So keep that strong, and know that I'll be here if you need me. Yeah, I appreciate you, Dan. God bless you, and and you have a great one, man. I appreciate you. All right, man. Take care.